Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Winchester Radio. Give me one second here. Uh, Winchester Radio, Guy? Yes. Hi. we just just getting started. And, okay, good. Uh, yes, um, we're... Uh, I'm just going to, you know, say a quick hi to everybody and, and uh, let everybody know uh, we're not going to take uh, call-in questions because we have a very special guest tonight, Director Guy B. of our episode, There Will Be Blood, uh, the penultimate episode of Season 7, number uh, 22. And uh, just uh, quickly, uh, thank you for listening. If you're listening live at blogtalkradio.com, uh, you can look for us under... Media Boulevard, uh, you can listen later on the same site. Uh, you can subscribe and download us through iTunes. You can go to winchesterbros.com and click on uh, Winchester Radio's icon. It will take you right to uh, the Blog Talk Radio site. You can find uh, those links and any information about our podcast and all other uh, supernatural news about the uh, supernatural uh, the show and the actors and uh, cast and crew and everything else on our Facebook and Twitter, which is also Winchester Bros. And uh, hi, Guy. Welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you back again. Hey, thanks for having me back again. Hey, Guy. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> um, another great, oh, so- another great episode. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, you know, I, I haven't seen it in a month, so... Um, uh, I'm hoping it's, is, I mean, I remember it being pretty good in the editing room. I was about two minutes too long. Um, so, obviously, you know, Phil and Bob had to get in there, and Sarah and maybe even Andrew and Daniel had to go in and find two minutes to pull out. But um, I was I was happy about that because sometimes you can be five to ten minutes over, and that's painful. Mm-hmm. That's tough to find mm-hmm. stuff to pull out because you, you kind of, you know, want everything to be in there. But um, being two minutes over is pretty cool, so I was happy about that. I wonder yeah, what two minutes. minutes got cut. Yeah, I was going to say two minutes isn't bad at all. No, and usually uh, you're able to pull that out what we call line cuts. Instead of taking out a whole scene, you just uh, go through a scene, you know, scene at a time, and you find little like couplets, like a line back and forth between two people. Um, you're able to kind of you know trim some of the dialogue, and you know it takes out some of the sometimes some of the funny lines, unfortunately, but um, it, it, two two minutes can come out pretty quickly, which is which is nice. Uh, you have to tweet us after you watch it and let us know which what it was that they cut out. Yeah, there was something you know actually the the teaser scene um, in the um, I, it's one of the ones that's been going around uh, with when Bobby appears in the bathroom when Dean's brushing his teeth. Um, there was a line there where he says, "How you feeling, Bobby?" And he says, uh, "You know, I'm just I think they cut this out." He said, um, "I'm just short of uh, buying a Harley and lighting my skull on fire." Um, which is obviously a ghostwriter reference, but I think when I saw the clip online, I think they cut that line. But there you go. I mean, it's a quick little line that they that, did. You know that I, I yeah. love. But you you know you go through a whole episode and you can pull out two minutes really quickly, which is uh, unfortunately you have to be brutal and and not get too close to the material. So for me, I have to I have to step away, and it's better for you know a third party, Phil and Bob and Sarah, to kind of go in there and figure out what they can lose. Because also, I don't want to take out anything that. Maybe pertinent to the you know the next episode, which even though you know I read that script, but you know I don't I don't know you know it, it's 
I can make suggestions on lines and things that can be taken out, but but generally I try and leave you know leave everything in there and let them see everything, and and uh, that's generally the best way to work as a guest director. Mhm. Yeah, that that line is was out. We did not hear that tonight. That, that's what you call oh, a lift. That is for sure. That's a lift. Ah. So so there's a, I'm sure there's a few lifts in there, but again. Uh, you know, I'm always kind of shocked and surprised by how the uh, a show is always it's better for the cut. Like you know, when you trim it down, you know, you're taking out any and all like air and chew leather and stuff like that. Things that that you can live without. Um, usually, when I see an episode, you know, three weeks a month after I turn in my cut, it's better. So, um, and you know, I'm I'm sort of I've done this enough now where I'm I'm not afraid of that. But yeah, I mean five to ten minutes is, is painful. Two minutes I was real happy about. I was thrilled actually. <laughs> I really loved the opening scene where it looked you know, he was like um Dick Roman was like in a being interviewed. Um and with between that and like the Sucro Court commercials like we've had we had one I think it was last week or the week before and then right. I think but there was some playing in the background in this one. Was um, how different is it filming those to make it look like a bright interview or a uh, you know a commercial versus you know the darker, grittier supernatural? Well, you know it's funny that that interview, almost everything in that Supercorp Corporation, like all the stuff with Kevin and um, yeah, that that whole you know the opening sixty minutes kind of thing. That was the last day of photography. It was my last day. Um, so we we were kind of while we were on stage. So I think we were on location the first three days, and then we were on stage for the the five. So Monday through Friday, I think it just timed out that way. It was a Monday through Friday that um, the last five days were all on stage. So um, me and Serge and you know Jerry and throughout the shooting on other stages, we'd run across and we kept you know looking at the progress because the, the guys were building that set and. Um, you know, just kind of getting an idea and a feel for what that space was going to be like uh, is, is nice because you read the script and they go, oh, yeah, that's going to be great, but we haven't built it yet. And you can look at plans. You know, you have blueprints, but I kept running back and forth. And that one and also, you know, the, all, obviously the Alpha Vamps uh, dining room was one that was a work in progress. And uh, I got it to, well, we can talk for an hour about how great that set was and how <laughs> floored we all were when we got there and, and shot it. But uh but yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I mean, I knew it was going to be a great contrast to start it that way, and you know, it's scripted that way, where we're sort of you know seeing it um, through the through the cameras that the you know the the 60 minutes crew is providing, and then also our cameras are shooting their cameras. Um, so that was kind of fun to, to play with that, and then you know, of course, I believe it, it, in the script, unless they cut it out, we cut to a, a shot of a convenience store and a, and a kid's eating a powdered donut, watching it on a, on a screen. I don't know if they left that in or not. Yeah, well, they they show, yeah they did show that. Yeah, yeah. so that mm-hmm. was obviously the same uh, convenience store and the kid getting all dosed up on uh, high fructose corn syrup uh, powdered donuts. We just put a lot of extra chapstick on him, so whenever he bit into the donut, the powder would stick on his on his uh, lips. <laughs> also, you know what's funny is if you watch the show again, you know the the where where that convenience store is is uh, I think it's Hoople, North Dakota. I think that was mm-hmm. North Dakota. Right. The, the city was Hoople, yep. and for all you rock and roll fans out there, if you watch it again, the name tag on the kid that's eating the, yes. the powdered donut, the na- his name is Mott, M-O-T-T. Yes. So awesome. you know, all, all, all yes. you rock and roll fans Mott will see that, that he's Mott from Hoople. So anyway. Wow. 
um, that was a kind of an easy, fun uh, thing to do, and, and you know, get together with the props department and go, okay, I need a name tag for this guy, make him make his name Mott. So anyway, that was fun. That was great. That it's definitely there. There's there's like a, a, a fun little Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you. You mentioned the um Alf, the Alpha's uh, retreat there. Um, the out the building that you used, the pink looking mansion and the inside were both absolutely gorgeous. How did you find for the outside? How did you find, you know, where did, what, is that somebody's house or is that a well, museum? The, well, the first one we go to um, and nobody's there except for the three dead bodies and that, obviously that's where they find um, our, our little girl in the panic room. Is, is you talking about that mansion? Uh, I think it's actually the one where they find Alpha, the Alpha app. Yeah. Okay. Well, the second one is a is a um, a, a place called Shannon Muse. You know, Shannon and then M E W S. And and I think it's I can't remember exactly how it got its name, but it, at one point it was like this huge mansion, and then at one, uh, I think somebody came in and bought it and turned it into like uh, like apartments. And then there's all these condos around it, and and Jerry was saying to me that they've scouted that place for seven seasons, looking for the perfect time to use it, and um, and finally this was the this this felt like the right opportunity because we needed two mansions, interiors and exteriors, so um, we scouted it, and you know for what we needed, there were certain angles I couldn't shoot because you'd see either see a road or you'd see these uh, like newer condos that they built right up next to it, but. Um, it all worked out great, and and we uh, and I think you know the the room where the boys get thrown in with all you know where they realize that they can use the the needles to pick the lock, and you know he he's got the the, the syringe in his boot. That was a, a, one of the rooms there that we just put bars on the uh, you know on the windows, and then also where um, they stick the vampire Kev, my friend Kevin Case. They stick him in the in the um, neck. And he, you know, does what he does. That was in the hallway, and that's, you know, that's that big set of stairs that when I saw, I said we got to use this set of stairs. Um, so yeah, that was called called Shannon Muse, and you know, it's not that far away from downtown Vancouver. It's uh, it's uh, it seems like it's out in the middle of nowhere, but it's uh, it's just like one of these places that was built probably in the 30s, and you know, just throughout the years, you know, it, what you, what used to be a remote part of Vancouver is, is uh, you know, the everything's moved in close around it. Um, the first one, ironically enough, the first mansion is um, called Cecil Green, and that's on the campus of UBC, University of British Columbia. And I've shot there a couple times on Kyle XY, and then um, it was the the main hotel in Harper's Island. If you saw Harper's Island, oh then, yeah, 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 we shot a lot of Harper. You know, I mean, throughout the the course of the 13 episodes, I think they shot a lot there, and then we used it for a whole day. And that's you know that's where they come in and they find the three dead vampires, and then. Um, and Edgar turns himself, or you know, turns gets the the one, you know, the other vampire to confess, and they find, um, you know, the little girl and and uh, in the in the pink panic room, the Hello Kitty panic room. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great locations, and uh, yeah, I was I felt like, uh, you know, I was lucky to get that that mansion because you know, like Jerry, Jerry said, they've tried to find the perfect episode for it for now, you know, how many 148, 149 episodes, and so that we finally mm. got to use it. I have to ask about the painting in Alpha's uh, Alpha's house there of Michael yep. um, playing Lucifer. Was that on purpose that you had that painting? Uh, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think, I, I think the real story is probably that was something in the art department lockup, and they needed a big piece of artwork 
for that little foyer area before you come. You know, to the left and the right of that is, you know, there is there was nothing there, so I couldn't really shoot off that set very much. But that was fine because it was such an amazing set that it didn't matter. But no, honestly, I think the real story is there was no significance to it. I just liked it and I thought it was cool. I had no idea that it had been another episode or two. I don't know. Um, yeah, just just pure pure luck. Uh, I was hoping it might be like a harbinger of something to come. <laughs> but I'd like to get back to more of the Michael storyline, so I was hoping. Yep, I, I, you know, who knows. Um, <laughs> I, but as far as I know, it was just, you know, an art, a piece of artwork that they have that, that filled the space perfectly. Mm. I, It's such a significant painting. I, I, won, I wonder if it does mean something somehow because, you know, out of any other work they could they could choose, they chose that one. Yeah, I you know I I, I personally don't know, but um, maybe there's something up somebody's sleeve that you know they're playing mm-hmm. with. Um, because I think by the time we shot that episode, they sort of knew that season eight was going to happen. So um, maybe maybe next season it'll it'll show up again. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And well, <laughs> speaking of, speaking of the um, knowing about season eight. When Alpha says to Dean, "See you next season." Yeah. Uh, you know, was that kind of a you know was that kind of a hint that you would y'all knew you were getting picked up or? Well, yeah. I mean, I think uh, it wasn't broadcast. I mean, right right as we were shooting that episode, um, that's when that. In fact, we were at lunch one day, and I was sitting like one table away from Bob Singer, who was prepping, and uh, you know the you know my my phone started lighting up because it was that's when Sarah announced she was leaving, and they hired Jeremy Carver. Carver. So I leaned over to Bob and I said, "They don't generally hire showrunners on shows they're about to cancel, do they?" And he goes, "No." So um, <laughs> I sort of knew, but you know, that was in the script. That line, as as delivered by Rick Worthy, was in the script. And I wow. even I even said we should do one just to cover ourselves, just in case we should do one. See you next time. And we did. And then of course I just put it in the cut because that's what was in the script. And uh, and of course by the time it aired, perfect timing. Um, <laughs> It, it made a lot of sense, so it was, it was kind of, it's kind of fun how it worked out. But um, yeah, it was scripted that way, so that was it was pretty fun. I mean, I you know I'm sure you know Andrew and Daniel, you know, just being around the offices, they sort of knew at that point that the that it was a it was a it was a pretty good you know 99% certainty that it was gonna you know get picked up. But you know the the other funny thing you know speaking of of Rick Worthy and and knowing things ahead of time. At the Burbank convention, you know, I ran into Rick. Obviously, we, you know, we're sort of like running into each other. And before I left one day, he whispered in my ear, "Hey, they just called me to work on, on the show coming up." And I said, "Well, what are the dates?" And he wasn't quite sure what the dates were. He just knew it was like sometime at the end of the end of March, and this was about the beginning of March. And so I go, "Oh man, that's great. That means you know the Alpha Vampire is coming back." Well, it just worked out great because when you know I I crack open my script the day I flew up. I got the script. They finally released it to me, and um, you know I couldn't have been happier because not only was was it you know Dick Roman, but there was Edgar and there was Crowley and of course Rick again. Rick and I've got to be really good friends, and so it worked out so great. Now the other cool thing is what ha- what was going on around that time is that you know we we all knew that the episode where Jim comes back as as Bobby as a ghost um, was going to happen. I think one, during one of our prep, one of my prep days. So, w- much like what 
Jim did where he was able to have a nice cover story. Rick didn't really do any of that. He just didn't make any – he didn't talk about it on Twitter at all, and he laid really low his whole time he was up there in Vancouver. He didn't, you know, really get out there in case, so, you know, it, it could be a complete secret. And I think unless they changed it, we had talked about him um, not getting a credit at the beginning of the show. And um, so that way, of course, you know, the cat was out of the bag, I guess, once they started pro- promoting the show. But uh, but Rick went way out of his way, above and beyond, to try and, you know, for the Alpha Vampire to be a surprise. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it didn't really work out as good as we we'd hoped. But uh, but still, that was that was kind of fun to to you know at least hope to spring that surprise on the audience, a la Jim Beaver and his his story about being up on a uh, Sasquatch movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's going to beat Jim Beaver and his. Story there. No. <laughs> no, no, that worked out yeah. great. And, you know, and Rick just said, "Look, I haven't told anybody. I'm not telling anybody." And, and he was, and I won't even. Uh, you know, I told him that I, I don't want to credit at the beginning. And so we were hoping and hoping it was all, it was all going to work out. And nobody figured it out because we flew home together, and like nobody saw Rick, you know, get off a, get on a plane in Vancouver and off a plane in L.A. So it all worked out great. And you know, it was the the promotions department that that you know spilled the beans. But oh well, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well. And figures just make you want to scream. I think sometimes it's like, ah, why did you tell? Yeah, what are you gonna do? I mean, it's what that's yeah. their that's their thing to promote the show. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but it was so awesome to see him. I was surprised yeah. or not. It was something to look forward to. It was great. Yeah, and I, I can tell you, here's a, here's a really funny quick story. We were all uh, we finished the show. I guess maybe it was on a Thursday, and we flew home Friday. And I, I go to the airport, and it's and it's me and Benito. We get in the same car together. Yeah, it was Good Friday, so we 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 got in the car together. Get to the airport, we run into James Patrick Stewart, and then we run into Rick. Well, all four of us are on the same flight, all all sitting in the same kind of section. And it wasn't until like I'm trying to think exactly how this. I was. We, yeah, I think James and Edgar and I were all or Edgar. Benito and I were all sitting together in in the lounge waiting for you know us to get on the plane, and we see Rick come by, and we're talking about him, and and I think uh, I think it was James who had never met him, said, um, now who's that guy? And we go, well that's Rick. He plays the Alpha Vamp. And he was like, no, no, the guy who plays the Alpha Vamp is like older and wiser looking, and it's it, it, it's a <laughs> testament to how how good an actor Rick is because he 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 truly transforms. Like the voice gets a lot lower. And mm-hmm. just his mannerisms and everything when he's out of character, mm-hmm. um, he's mm-hmm. a completely different person. Well, yeah, if anybody's seen him at any of the conventions and seen him get up there and dance, obviously he's, he carries himself <laughs> yes. very different than when he's the alpha vampire. <laughs> and then and then we get on the plane, and Benito's sitting in front of me, and I'm sitting next to James Patrick Stewart, and I think, no, no, you know, it was it was Rick was sitting in front of me, and he looks back and he goes, like 20 minutes into the flight, we're about to take off, we're sitting on the tarmac, and he, and he says, you know, I didn't even know, or I didn't even realize who you were. So but he, so <laughs> Rick was looking at James Patrick Stewart like, oh, you're Dick Roman. So it's so funny to see how these guys really transform themselves. Um, yeah. And so even their fellow actors are kind of like not, I mean, they're thrown by, you know, being face-to-face. That was, that was interesting because I just – it's stupidly, I just assume everybody knew each other, but they've never done scenes together. So anyway, crazy. And you really did hit the motherload of 
great guest stars in this episode. Yeah, no, I mean it was you know for me it was it was like all home week because you know the the Edgar arc started you know way back uh, you know remember when we dropped a car on him and um, you know and then and then we got I got him again on uh, on uh, how to win friends and influence monsters right so there I got him again there and that's when we sort of kind of got to know who Dick Roman was so to get those guys back again plus Rick from you know uh, uh, the beginning of season six. And of course, you know Mark Shepard is always a blast to have. So uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. We had a good time. I noticed you got Turducken again this episode too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was more like you know turning it into a liquid form, I guess, high fructose corn syrup. But the whole idea of of it kind of you know dulling and drugging and dosing down mm-hmm. America through you mm-hmm. know that that scene in the in the convenience store with you know over mustarding. And um, you know, slurpees, you know, um, and and just somebody just staring at an open, uh, you know, freezer. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. idea was that you know the, this is a town that that you know this is taking over, and that you know what's next? Well, the rest of the country. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it, it it was kind of fun to play with that, like the same way Turducken kind of was was like a something that was used to to dull down and and uh and, and mm-hmm. you know to, to America through that particular sandwich now we're now we've gone to into you know like I think Sam even says it vending machines and you know especially pie which was really mm-hmm. kind of, <laughs> it was really kind of fun to play with all the pie references Oh yeah. Uh, poor Dean. So terrible for Dean. Yeah, poor Dean. <laughs> He's having to eat fruit and vegetables now. Right. Yeah, our first first scene on day one of photography, we were way out in Surrey, and it was that it was that Steadicam shot coming out. It's the act opener, where he comes out of the health food. Well, it's not really a health food store, but he comes out, and he, you know he's he's complaining, he's complaining, and then as the camera widens out, you see Sam's got this bag full of like, what is it? Oranges and tomatoes, and celery mm-hmm. stalks, and um. That was kind of that was kind of a fun scene to do, and then mm-hmm. of course it goes right into the the, the guy with the uh, Plucky's T-shirt having his gigantic uh, um, Slurpee. That was fun. That that, oh. actor, that that actor was great, Alex, who who played you know played that guy so well. Um, yeah, that was our first scene on uh, on day one. Oh, that was a great <laughs> scene. One of my favorites. To the guy, he was terrific. To just like barely reacted and Dean sitting there with his arm around him and he's got his hand on Sam's knee, just Yeah, take my blood. It was great. Yeah, I mean a lot of that those a lot of those looks where he's like looking back and forth like, you know, when they're talking and they're having a very serious argument about, you know, the future of Bobby and, and you know, blah 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 and you just see you just see Alex like he's watching a tennis match, you know, just kinda of looking back and forth and um all the just the looks between you know the Dean and 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 him, it was it was really it turned out a lot better than I thought it was, and but you know again that's sort of as a director you you hope for those things to happen, um, organically. So that that was fun to watch happen. I really like the cop. His was, was playing. Why can't we be friends? And yep. doing the siren to the beats in the song. That was yeah, well, so, that, that was hilarious. Well, yeah, why can't we be friends? Was scripted. That was uh, Andrew and Daniel and. Um, and then you know we just kind of had I mean he was just a, a a background guy that could drive a car so we just had him like nodding his head and eating chips and not a care in the world and then I think in in post Nicole and I found like the perfect kind of um, horns for or you know a uh, siren to hit like sort of in time with the beat and uh, so yeah that was all created in post but uh, 
you know, we kind of knew we were going to do that, but until you actually hear it, see it cut together, it's, it's, you're hoping it's going to be as funny as you hope it will turn out to be. It, it was hilarious. It was it was probably my favorite part, I think. <laughs> yeah, we're <good. laughs> yeah, We went from that scene um, down the block, and we did all the stuff in the convenience store, and um, like when they're gassing up the '69 uh, Roadrunner, which was mm-hmm. uh, you know um, obviously was it was a typecast vehicle. Um, you know, <laughs> on any episode I, I'm doing, they know to, to pull out all the old classic Mopars, and they can't go wrong. <laughs> is it don't you have one of those same kind of cars All, almost mine's a dodge super b so it's uh it's a variation almost exactly the same body style and everything except uh you know dodge and plymouth while they were the same company they were different divisions so yeah it was pretty funny and it, and the mm-hmm. car is actually gorgeous it's in perfect shape it's beautiful it's like showroom condition and we act they actually do a thing a process where they they um i think, I think they put some kind of wax over it and then they throw dirt on it then they wet it down, then they throw more wax on it, and they put this, I mean, it cleans off, no problem, but it just makes the car look all rusty and dingy, and, you know, it's a, it's a shame because, you know, we know how good it's going to look. And then, and I guess that I, th- I think the, the, the story was that it might show up in the next episode. So, because I remember that I'm saying something about, are you guys going to clean this off now? And they were like, I don't know, we, I think we may be using it in the next episode. So there you go, there's a little... Um, mm-hmm. Little spoiler for next episode. I think I, I think <laughs> well, I may be wrong. The preview showed them using uh, the Impala next episode, which we've been waiting practically all season to have her back. So. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's the whole. Uh, you know that they'd be fools not to bring that back. So um, yeah, it's been hidden. Mm-hmm. So now you know everybody wants to see it again. So what better way yeah. to show it than in that last episode? I miss Baby very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. I figure if Dean figures this is like a last stand, he's not he's not going against Dick Roman with in anything but his impala and baby. Yeah, well no, you you know, you stick to the things you're comfortable with, so mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I read the script but I don't remember exactly the details of how how and why and and you know how it how it comes to be, but I'm pretty I'm I could, you can almost bet that you know, and you've seen it in the promo so that can almost bet mm-hmm. it's going to show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you, know, you know, at this point, I, I'm not sure who to trust about what because Jim Beaver, you know, lied to us for months about an abominable snowman movie. That's right. <laughs> so. That's right. No, so, but how great did that work out? I mean, because oh, he, fantastic. At, at the Burbank convention, I came up. I said, "Hey, man, it's good to see you. Are you surviving up there?" Like, you know, because I, I heard he was two hours outside of the city and he you know he kind of like pulled me off to the side we were in a green room but off to you know with with you know not much else going on and he just kind of pulled me off to the side and said you know you know it's all bs right and i go what what do you mean he goes oh no 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 he goes i'm you know i've been working on the show but i you know i don't if anybody runs you know anyway you guys all know the story but um you know just brilliantly done i was i was very impressed mm-hmm. and then he really started to get into it and enjoy it you know and and like putting pictures up was was a was a nice nice touch i thought Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally believed him. Yep. <laughs> Everyone uh, did. I think, I, I think we all did, and I wouldn't have known except for you know, once I mm-hmm. saw him and, and uh, at the convention, I, I you know he he, uh, he, mm-hmm. he let me in on the secret. No one's ever going to um, play poker with him ever again. <laughs> That's right. Farting voice on Twitter wanted to know how you um, how you set up the shot 
with Bobby possessing the maid, and also the mirror scene with Dean in the bathroom. Uh, you know, real, that was pretty easy. I mean, that was the, the the mirror scene. It's a pretty simple effect. It's it's done. You know, it's a real. It, we really do break a mirror. Um, it's you know, it's it's not a hundred percent safe. So the guys get a little nervous when we put one of the actors in front of it. But the way we set it up, it was it, it, it was obviously Jensen's back was to it, so they felt a little better about that. Um, really tiny little bathroom. Um, we we had a mirror that had no frosting on it that Ivan and company start makes it look like it starts to frost over and then we cut and we put in the frosted one for the rest of the scene because you know we want to perpetuate that it got really cold in there and then they put his breath in when he was you know putting the toothbrush away um yeah that was a pretty simple gag to do the toughest part was just getting the cameras in that little set because we you know we kind of we had never been in Rufus's bathroom uh, you know, in the cabin before, so they built it, and it wasn't until we started, you know, to the day before I started to look at uh, how cramped we we're going to be in there. But we had a good plan, and it went it went pretty smooth. Um, the uh, um, the whole Clarity, the whole what's that? I yeah, hate I hate to interrupt. So, um, Jim Michaels just t- tweeted that he's on hold. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, he's somewhere you know, in Europe. I, I can't tell who or what it is. It's a very strange he, number. He so. he's, he's on hold from Germany, and it's costing him a fortune. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Hello? Hello? Is this radio? Hello? Hello, is this Germany yeah. calling? Jim Michaels here. In Germany. Hi. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hey, can you hear Hi, me? Jim. Hello? Can, Jim. Can you hear us? Jim, Guten can Morgan. you hear us? Good Morgan. Guten Morgan. <laughs> you, you heard me. Yeah, well, congratulations on the great episode, Guy. Yeah, it turned out good. I was happy. I mean, uh, I'll see the finished product here in about an hour, but, uh, you know, I was I was thrilled how it cut together. It went, went, went together well. Yeah, no, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun here, and uh, I'm, I'm up early because I'm still on Brazilian time from the Brazilian convention. And... Oh, man. Yeah, because you're, you're eight. Know. You're eight hours ahead, right, of California. I think. Oh, did we lose him? Jim, are you, Jim, are you still there? Oh, uh, we, we lost him. <laughs> yeah, I think we lost him. Oh. He sounded oh, tired, didn't he? <laughs> maybe he'll call back. Yeah, he might call back. I, okay, I I feel so bad that it's a it's a very very bizarre number and and you know I I've had that before and it not be like a call to pig, you know, and I was like, well, okay. So I, I'm so sorry. I wish you tweeted earlier, but call call back, Jim, if you can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll, note it, we'll know to pick you up this time, Jim, so. Yes, <laughs> right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is. He's back. I'm back. Yeah. Hello, I'm back. Jim. There you go. Well, Skype only lasts about maybe 12, 15 minutes when I'm calling a landline, so that's why I keep going, oh, shoot, I keep him to call back. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Guy, I, I understand Guy's going to be in England next week. That's right. Yeah, we're going to take off uh, Tuesday, which is what you know, what four or five days from now. And uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I hear I hear great things about uh, Birmingham, so that's going to, that's going to be exciting. That's a wonderful time here. And, yeah, I hear it's a little rainy, but, but uh, then again, we you know spend time in Vancouver, so a little rain and drizzle doesn't bother us anymore. 
Exactly. It's insignificant compared to Vancouver, so it's yeah, all true. true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, back to back to the show, I was really bummed the Rick Worthy thing got out. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I know, it's a bummer, because we, we did real well, or at least Rick did. I you know, commend him. Yeah, well, oftentimes, too, a lot of the audience doesn't always watch a lot of the promos anyway, so we, I'm sure we still probably grabbed uh, a significant number of people anyway. That's true. Hopefully, because a lot of times they won't, they won't read the blogs, they don't want any spoilers at all, so they're very disciplined about not... Uh, uh, trying to get any information on them at all, so hopefully those people got the surprise. Yeah, that's true. I'm, yeah, you're right. Probably probably 50 percent um, yeah. don't want any of the spoil. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So, but well done, guy. Very well played, Thanks. and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And Winchester Rose, I am going to go back to sleep because it's probably in here. Oh, you calling him? And hey, congratulations on season eight. We're we're thrilled. Thanks. Thanks. You know, we're equally as thrilled, and, uh, you know, um, it's it's exciting to be looking forward to another season of Fun and Games with uh, Sam and Dean. We can't wait. We can't wait. Yep. Can't we're going to have to wait a little bit because we need to take a little bit of a break. We're a little tired. So we'll have to wait a little bit. <laughs> okay. We'll, write some we'll, be, all that stuff. we'll be right here when you're ready. <laughs> okay. Well, again, I'm going to sign off. Avita Sane, thank you, and we will talk soon. Okay, yeah. Thanks, see you, uh, Thanks Tim. Have a great week, time. Yeah. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye now. Bye. All right, cool. Nice special special guest. Yeah, it's really nice of him to call, get up in the middle of the night to give us a call. I know, geez. Yeah, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to calculate what time it is there, and, uh, yeah, it's late or early, depending uh, on, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think it yeah, would be 5 a.m. Eastern yeah, time, about 5 a.m. I'm trying to calculate eight okay. hours ahead. I think it's eight. It might be nine hours ahead, which in that in mm-hmm. that case would be what, yeah, 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, yes, uh, season eight. Yeah, everybody's really excited when they, you know, I'm glad they announced it, you know, early ahead mm-hmm. of. It's like yesterday and today has just been a flurry of all these new pickups and stuff. And CW's got some good, really cool stuff coming up. David Nutter's mm-hmm. Arrow got picked up, which is cool. Alona Tall's Cult mm-hmm. got picked up. So sounds very cool. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, supernatural mojo and synchronicity going on. Yeah. Have you? I'm happy to have you. Oh. I was going to ask um, Guy if you've heard if. If, um, how many episodes you'll be back to direct next year? Well, uh, you know, it, it's a little, it, it, it's kind of early, even though this morning I got a call from my agent about um, dates. Um, they're definitely going to have me back, and uh, I think right now we probably penciled in two, and they're, you know, but they, I think they're only going to do sort of book the first nine now and, uh, you know, reexamine it a, a little later. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, there'll be something after the first of the year. Um, you know, again, I, you know, my my agents like to keep me free to. Um, I mean, they love that I that I'm doing the show, and then they know how much I love the show. Um, but they want to, you know, explore all the new stuff. You know, like Revolution, which I'm really excited about, um, and you know, the, all those new CW shows. And there's a bunch of stuff that they want to keep me open for. But you know, I think, um, you know, we got some dates floated our way, and that's a good thing. So, uh, so I'll definitely be back. Um, you know, great. Strange phone. There's that strange phone number again. I don't. I don't know. Do you think I should check it? <laughs> no. I, I'm, I'm, did, do you think Jim maybe like pocket dialed us? Oh, it's oh, gone. Okay. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid maybe just Jim's phone pocket dialed us back again or something. But I think we're okay. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um. I I know what I was a question I was wanting to ask Guy. Uh, Dean's new leather jacket. Yeah. Can you tell us how how they came up with that? 
you know, it was something that they um, they talked about doing. Um, it's really a complete custom design, you know, sort of with a lot of Jensen's input. Because, you know, when he comes to set, a lot of times they'll wire him up with a, with a wireless microphone, so there's a pocket for that. There's extra big pockets inside. There are a lot of provisions for, you know, um, think, you know, putting weapons and stuff inside. Pockets are a little extra, you know, big on the outside. Um, I know that you know he liked he wanted that color and that sort of style. It's almost like a baseball glove kind of leather. Um, I think they were they had designed it. You know they had a guy come and measure him. They designed it and it, and um, they were hoping it would be ready for my episode because we talked about when when they do discover um, the the girl in you know in the in the panic room that you know one of them would have put a coat over her and I you know I said one of the guys can put the, one of their Carhartt co- coats over and they said oh I think we're gonna have a leather jacket so. We kind of put that over her shoulders. I thought it was kind of a cool mm-hmm. way to sh- see, you mm-hmm. know, the giant, you know, see this big coat on this little girl because mm-hmm. uh, Lacey is very petite, um, <laughs> and uh, and and so yeah, it was, it was ready in time, and uh, we were real excited about uh, about getting to, to debut it, and um, yeah, it's cool. I think I think that's gonna be, that one's gonna be around for a while, and of course, mm-hmm. you know, Todd, Todd Scott had had a matching one for the, you know, I think. I think we just did one stunt where the alpha throws him over the table, and I was warning him, man, don't mess this coat up because <laughs> I don't know how many they made. So anyway, it was very funny. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great coat. It's it's uh it's you know I like I like the style of it, and I think uh, it, it'll definitely be back in season eight. Yeah, it looks very cool, and it's funny the last one of the last episodes you directed, Frontierland. Uh, Jensen decide, designed a coat for that one. Also, yeah, well, you know, that, the yeah, there was, and... yeah, there was some talk about you know doing a variation on the the classic Australian. I think it's called Drysabone is the um, brand name, um, and uh, doing doing you know sort of that old oiled fabric, and um, but yeah, they had uh, they had a custom, a guy come and custom you know measure him and all that stuff, and uh, yeah, that's one of the perks of being a star of a TV show. You can ask for stuff like that, and <laughs> if it's in the budget that week, uh, yeah, let's uh, okay, let's oh. do it. No, no, it looks cool. At least you can reuse the leather jacket a lot. Oh, totally, so. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'll see that, you know, sporadically through season eight for sure. Get our money's worth. <laughs> it's, it's great to see Dean back in a leather jacket. We really missed, you know, his original mm-hmm. one that he had since the pilot that got stolen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because they were they were talking about that that you know that coat. So many people talk about it, and there was nothing special about it. It was you know it was sort of bought at a. Uh, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was a brand name. I can't remember what brand name it was, but it was like something that was just bought. They bought three of them, or whatever, or or maybe they just bought one. And, um, but but there was nothing like you know special about it. This one, however, you know, obviously was co- completely custom made, and um, you know they can they can replicate it if they need to. Is I guess the point of what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's cool. Those 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 guys, uh, you know, they look good in anything. So. Um, mm-hmm. That's a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, last week we had a uh, uh, Osric Chow on his oh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, yeah. and he was great fun. He was a great guest, and I thought his character is great. So you you also got to work with him in this. Yeah, episode. you know, just just those couple little scenes. Um, I had met him when I you know when I first got in in, in the prep mode, and they were on stage. I think they were shooting the scene in Ben's episode where he was playing the cello. And they, you know, then you know, all hell breaks loose in his little room there. 
so between setups, I went down and just introduced myself and said, "Hey, it looks like we got a couple scenes in the next episode." And um, yeah, really, really uh, a talented young guy. He's 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 got a good future ahead of him. I think, uh, you know, he's he's you know a good-looking kid who can act, and uh, you know, I mean, he's got it all. So uh, I I, ho- I I think there's going to be big things for uh, Osric down the line. And he got to do three episodes of Super or three? I don't know. Is he in? In the he's, he's in he's in the description for next week. So. Okay, yeah, so he got to do three three episodes of Supernatural, so how cool is that? Mm. And I have a theory about his character. I, you know, it, you don't have to spoil it. You, say, you don't have to say yes or no if you know, but <laughs> my own personal theory is that uh, with, you know, they need the these blood and bones of different people, and Bobby mentioned it, I think it was either blood or bone of a, pure, righteous person or whatever, and Dean said, yeah, good luck finding that. My theory is that that's going to be Kevin Tran. That's just a theory, but that's my theory. That's a good theory. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say yes or no. You'll find, (laughs) I guess you'll find out next week. I'll find out next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. um, You know, do, I guess, you know, I never completely answered that, the question about Bobby uh, taking over the maid's body. That was, um, uh, you know that set was built that that hotel room with the big uh buffalo on the on the fireplace um you know Jerry you know beautifully made this set and you know we had a lot of input on it because we knew we wanted to put um the the you know the little um safe in the closet and hang the t v and when he does start to become poltergeist and he breaks the mirror and you see the flame in the fireplace and the you know things start sparking, we did that all in one shot. You know, that was the kind of thing where I said, if we can coordinate this right, we can, we only have to do it twice, and we'll do it, you know, a wide and a tight camera, and then I'll just move the cameras and have another wide and tight. And uh, so we did. We had we had special effects guys, you know, circling around the set. You know, one of them broke the mirror, and it was all, you know, on cues. One guy, um, you know, was able to, um, I guess the drawer slid in and out, and uh, the lamp goes flying, you know, a little fishing line. Um the little sparks on the on the on the lights, all that happened. We just reset it once, and uh, that worked out good. Um, you know, it was sort of scripted that that Bobby comes up to, he, you know, the maid starts to leave, so he comes up and he grabs her from behind, and he basically pushes himself inside of her. Well, when I read that, I sort of said, well, this could be a little unintentional comedy. When you start describing a man coming up behind a woman and squeezing her and going inside of her, so. Everybody sort of agreed with me, so I said, "Let's do mm-hmm. something where she starts to go, and 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 Bobby hauls off across the you know the room and and runs and almost like does does the same thing, but as he dives into her, she they fall out of frame, and then I'll cut to a shot out you know out in the hallway of the hotel where she falls down, and as she sits up, her demeanor, her voice changes, and then we also have, and I think they left this in. Um, she she um, bleeds like a, or she um, has like a little gray tear that comes out of her eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there. Yeah. Okay. So that was that. We put that in because in uh, the the episode after school special, they established that um, when somebody gets possessed by a ghost, um, that was one of the things that happens, and I think that was in the teaser. Um, of after school special, so I had to do a little research on that. And um, but the problem was after school special, the the tear that she that you know she comes out of her eye, 
is solid black. And of course, we said, well, if it's solid black, well, we're, we're going to think she's Leviathan. That, that that's Leviathan goo or something. So we made it not as black. Obviously, I you know I haven't seen the the the, the finished visual effect. But that was the idea, and then then she stands up, and and you realize, oh man, well you know now Bobby's literally possessed this poor woman and is using her as a vessel, and then that's, and she and, and then he he figures out that it's um that it's uh his birthday instead of you know because he's trying all the different combinations Sam's birthday Dean's birthday, and um anyway so that's that was sort of um the idea of, of how, how that came together with him possessing her body. And it's, I think, so funny that, that it's so funny that the episode that you or you um, researched was After School Special, because when you tweeted the picture um, back when you were um, filming, prepping, right. and you showed the disc, um, you know, that you were using for research, and so everybody was like, okay, which episodes are on that disc? And it's like we were naming them off, and it was After School Special on the head of a pen, something else, and I'm like, there's, I don't, think there was anything in after school special that he would have used for this. So I don't think that that's the one and that was the one. That's so funny. So but you know I sat and watched the whole thing and, and I never realized nobody ever told me about the um Dean as the gym teacher with all the balls and the red shorts and the, <laughs> and the, uh, the headband. And the next time I saw Jensen I said, dude, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen, especially when he nails the kid in the stomach with the ball. Um, I said, "How did you get this? I mean, did, was this was this like a 14-year-old stuntman?" He goes, "No, I just asked the kid if it was okay." And Lou said, "If the kid's okay with it, go, haul off and hit him." So yeah, I love I love that scene. I was a big fan of that scene. Um, and just anytime you can put the guys in a goofy, you know, the red shorts and the headband were were just awesome. But yeah, that was it was it was for research on the tier because Sarah said something about you know the very beginning of after school special you just have to watch the beginning. Um, when the girl possesses the other girl, um, you know how you kind of know that she's not herself anymore is that she, you know, she cries a, a black gooey tear, um, but not too Leviathan like a tear. Of course, now who who knew back then that Leviathan were going to be, you know, in season seven? But anyway, so that was that was <laughs> what that was all about. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it looked pretty gray. Like, yeah, I mean, like we, black, we said, we said it should be a watered-down version. So, mm-hmm. And then the, yeah. um, that actress that plays the maid shows up in the season finale, obviously. So she was excited to get that part because mm-hmm. uh, she's got, got two episodes to do. Yeah, she did a really good job. I mean, the difference between her, her persona as the housekeeper and then as Bobby was, was great. You could totally see it. That yeah, human, and that, for an actor, they love that stuff. You know, just, it's because it's just body language. Obviously, she, she couldn't change her voice too much, and she couldn't do, you know, it's all, it's all, um, you know, how you, how you carry yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask about the devil's trap at the end that, um, Dick Roman had. Was that, an, you know, we've never seen like an electric devil's trap before. Right, you know that scene um, because the beginning of Bob Singer's episode is a huge negotiation between. Well, you'll see it next week. The, where mine ends, where the, where obviously Dick Roman brings Crowley to his office. Um, the next episode starts, so I didn't even do that scene, but that was something that Serge had been working on all week. Where um, we thought it'd be great to do a light cue, and as he looks up, there's 
a mo- little more of a high tech version of the Devil's Trap. So um, I and I saw I saw what they did because in my cut, obviously we we put that scene in. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, but you know, again, that's just that's you know Serge thinking of a cool idea to you know some variation on it, making it a lighting thing, and um, and everybody saying yeah, absolutely, we love it. So um, that's what they did. And, uh, yeah, so you'll see the beginning of next of the next episode basically picks up right where mine left off tonight. Very cool. Yeah. Mhm. That was very cool. Um, um dude, you fugly SPN on Twitter uh, wants to know what was your favorite scene to film. Oh God, that's always tough. I mean, we really, uh, we really because the set was so great and it was our first scene with Rick. I think when when um, when the boys show up. Um, at his, uh, you know, his his uh, dining room, and we kind of start on the the fingernails on the on the the edge of the of his chair, and you know just kind of tilt up and and roll focus back to the boys being thrown in. Um, that whole scene where he's trying, they're trying to say to him, look, you know, whatever deal you made with the Leviathan is crap. Those guys are, you know, they're they're creating a poison. And and you know and and then of course you know to see Rick's character they also sort of slowly realize that like I am being double crossed by Dick Roman and um, and you kind of think it's going to end there and of course you know he he orders the the his his thugs to put Sam and Dean in in that room um, I, that maybe for no other reason than than you know how cool the set looked and and Rick's introduction into the episode I'd have to say that one. But I also did like the, uh, the 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 scene with the guy on the park bench with the pluckies T-shirt, and also the park bench had, or you know, the park bench or the bus bench or whatever had a big uh, Biggerson's um, mm-hmm. advertisement on it too. So that that's always fun to, to keep reusing those kind of sort of like things in the in the lexicon of the show, you know, Doctor Sexy and you know all that. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, was it pie and all those things are always fun. Yeah, I definitely love all the callbacks. Yeah, yeah, they, they're fun and easy, and um, and uh, you know you always get a chuckle out of them. Um, you know, and, and you don't. And for me, I you know you never you never lean on it too much. It's just there. You don't do a big close up of a Plucky's T-shirt. You just you just mm-hmm. you just you know it's there. You know it's in evidence. Um, and then you know people can look back and and see it later. Like you know even if they missed it, if you know if you happen to watch it again, you, you know because a lot of times people go, I didn't even notice that. Um, you know, it's funny. There was, there was, we were trying to look for a place to put a duck, and uh, it just, we just couldn't find. And you know, just it, it, it would have felt too shoehorned, and I hate that. And uh, so, you know, because of the name of the episode is "There Will Be Blood," I tried to put red in a lot of scenes. I didn't go out of my way with it, but you'll notice there is a little more red in in the the palette of the show um, than maybe mm-hmm. a normal one. You know, of course, there's all those blood bags and the, the refrigerators. You know, um, we sort of wanted to replicate um, the Twihard episode, um, the, the coolers that the, the, those vampires had with all the all the red blood. So we, we were able to do that. Um, but yeah, there might be a little extra blood um, than than a normal episode. But I didn't really, I couldn't really um, launch. You know, really sink my teeth into something too much of a motif like you know we sort of with hello cruel world we try to use blue and a lot of the stuff this whole swim team and everything was all blue and because that's water and but uh anyway so there's not a ton of easter eggs in this one just because you mm-hmm. know 
I, I, again, you don't want to ever make that too big a deal. I mean, Mott from Hoople is probably my biggest uh, thing that I was hoping that people would figure out, or, you know, even though it's Mott the Hoople. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was wanting to um, ask you about the – I can't think of the name of it. I'll – I'm thinking of it because my mind is just totally blank. I'll ask a question from Twitter. Uh, Monica Har- Monica Hargrove wants to know, who do you think is creepier, um, the Alpha Vamp or Dick Roman? Oh, man, they're, they're, they're like, they're both great, great, like, there's such variations on, you know, sort of what they can do. Um, I mean, I, I I think Dick Roman is, is, is such a, is scary because he reminds me of, you know, whatever politics you subscribe to, but he reminds me a lot of what creeps me out about some of the things in politics nowadays. And he just kind of epitomizes that's that you know you know sort of tell you one thing and and behind your back say another thing. So for that, that's like a real that's like a real thing. Um, and I and, and so that's scary because it's close to reality for for at least for me. Um, and God, and James, yeah. is such a good, he's such a good actor, man. I mean, he just delivers that stuff so effortlessly. And and and, and you know, I, I know how difficult it is, and I'm just I'm just in awe of it. Um, and then mm-hmm. and, you know, as a director, there's no better feeling than watching really good actors do really good work, and you just stand back and and then let it happen and create you know an environment mm-hmm. where they can try stuff and they can feel free to you know push the envelope here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But I love I love Rick a lot too, or you know the Alpha Vamp because it's that silent, you know. Whereas James may or you know uh, Dick Roman may talk fast and be slick and double talk and all that, you know uh, the Alpha's just a man of few words and he you know he's so powerful that he doesn't need to say much. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's something kind of cool about that too. And I also just mm-hmm. I just love the Alpha Vamp because he's like the ultimate pimp. You know I mean we even have you know like when he some of the goblets and stuff that we chose for him. Are like you know, sort of you know he, he it, it it was it was it, it all felt natural. It felt like what he would have, um, you know. Again, Chris Cooper is a great prop man for that kind of stuff, where he just shows me an array of stuff, and we all kind of all look at the same thing and go, "That's it, that's the one." Mm-hmm. Um, so I like them all, and I love I, I think Edgar's great too. Again, you know that just that silent kind of. Uh, I know I can kill you, so why, you know, I don't have to be loud and and move fast because, you know, mm-hmm. I know what mm-hmm. I know what I'm capable of, and the audience knows it. So, um, so yeah, I think they're all great. I'm a little biased just because I love those guys in real life. I mean, Rick, I would hang out with Rick all day, every day if I could. He's just the, you know, one of the sweetest guys in the world, and just loves to have fun. And who doesn't? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, with with James uh, and Rick, they have the most magnificent voices for those characters. Oh, it's so true. You know, no, I mean, you know, look, Rick, Rick's voice is, is very, I mean, and he, tur- and, you know, when he turns that, that, that character on, um, it's just, it's magic. Because between takes, you know, we're just talking to normal voices, and then, you know, as soon as that camera rolls, it's just the transformation is, is staggering. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, both as a director and a cameraman, and I never cease to like get blown away by a really character who, you know, turns on a character and, and, and embodies it so well. And, and Rick is one of those guys that can can do anything. And you know, look, he, also my favorite kind of actor can be a good guy, and the very next 
thing he works on, he could be the ultimate bad guy. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's incredibly versatile, and I know he can do comedy. So that's 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 fun to uh, to watch an actor that you know do his thing. Um, I remember what the uh, Soylent Green. That was the words I couldn't come up with. Um, the the book when um, Sam pulls out the How to Serve Man was that in the script or? Yeah, that was a Jerry Wanick, Mark Department, maybe a John Marcinuk kind of thing where you know I can't. I, they had done something I think in was it um, uh, the what was it the the episode where the um, the ghosts where there was a there was a there was a secret switch that moved a bookshelf or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they they said to me, we just did an episode where we did something like this. So let's do a variation. I said, well, you know, what would be cool is that bookshelf was there in Cecil Green, and we couldn't do much about it because it, you know that's it's part of you know the, that that room and that that university. So I said, well, it would be great is just to have a line of books. We can put our own books in there, and have one book that's a half book, and just have Sam or Dean, whoever, Pat along the books looking for something different, and that one pushes in you know five or six inches. He pulls that one out of the way, and that's where you have basically a doorbell, and that's, I think that's what we mm-hmm. used. And so, um, and that's the thing that opens the, the the door, or the you know the secret passageway. And so um, that was when we when we had to cut a book in half. We at that point we could put whatever we wanted. And, you know, yeah, that was a um, was it, it was either Twilight Zone or Outer Limits had that classic episode, How to Serve Man, and you realize it's you know it's it's cookbook. Um, but yeah, yeah, there was there was kind of another cool um uh Easter egg that uh, courtesy of the art department. But you know, everybody's everybody's in that mode. Um you know, the uh wardrobe, you know, the Plucky's T shirt. It was scripted but they were very excited to like, you know, go, Oh cool, we can make you know, wait you know, we got a a place to put this logo now, you know, even call back from the uh, Plucky episode. Very cool. Yeah. Um was there anything in your app like headed for the gag reel? Like you know, you mentioned the metronome scene. <laughs> We're looking. Oh uh, yeah, well there's a there's a snippet of the metronome scene um, that will be mm-hmm. uh, I believe you know in the uh, gag reel for season seven, the, uh, mm-hmm. which I saw. They showed it at the wrap party, and I uh, guess whatever shows up on the um, the the ga- uh, the DVD set will be. Um, a little little tamer because they use some coarse language in the uh, the one that they show at the uh, rap party. But um, yeah, there's all. I mean, you know, there are there's always that stuff floats around. There's there's um, I can't remember anything in particular, but yeah, there's there with with uh, with those two. Um, there's always <laughs> something, and um, I'm sure, I'm sure you know there's something with Jim Beaver too. Of course, you know, um, everyone's so comfortable, and 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 now you know the camera crew knows to start rolling on stuff that. It has the potential to be funny, um, and it get you know it gets stored on its own reel, and they compile it throughout the season. So um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure that something will emerge. Um, even though they're down to the wire, and I don't know how much more work they're going to do on the gag reel for the for like the last three episodes, but I'm sure something will show up. Speaking of the DVDs, have you ever have you ever been approached about maybe doing uh, commentary or anything for the DVDs? On uh, not on uh, not on on Supernatural. I have for other episodes, other shows I've done, and I've just never been available. Um, no, I mean, I don't I don't know what the cri- you know what the criteria or how they choose that or or um, you know I don't know, but but not for Supernatural, no. Oh. 
would love to have you do commentary. That would be great. Or, you know, you'd make yeah. like, yeah, a, like a day I, in the life of thing or something. Yeah, no, I would. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was available to do it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you just go in and watch the show, and then they put a microphone in front of you, and you just talk over it. So uh, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've you directed several episodes, so you seem like it'd just be a natural natural thing for them to ask you because you know you spent such such a good amount of time on Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. No, the season was good. It, it was it, it it was nice to be there at the beginning, and then sort of kind of near the middle and then at the very end. I mean, it would have been fun to do something somewhere, you know, between the second and third episodes, but uh but I was working on other stuff, so um so it was it was a good season. I I was uh I was I was busy last season and and um hopefully like today literally was the beginning of this, you know, huge, you know, all the announcements, all the pickups and that's going to last for the next three weeks or so into the beginning of June, and um, that's generally when directors get booked is the end of May, beginning of June. So it's, exci- it's an exciting time because right now, um, or for the last month, I've been totally unemployed. So it's nice to know you have some work coming up. That's always a good feeling. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking <laughs> speaking of work, it's not supernatural, but I'm I'm so excited Uh Southland is coming back, and yeah. you directed an episode of that. I love that that yeah, series. No, so maybe you'll we'll we'll see. I mean, they only they're only going to do ten again. I mean, that's sort of T, TNT's. You know, um, they give they have the budget for ten, and uh, it, it enables mm-hmm. TNT. Yeah, I understand why they do it. it. Enables them to put on you know to pick up more shows. So instead of having four shows that do twenty two, they're able to do like eight shows and ten each, or however they, however it breaks down. And um, no, I, I felt really lucky to do an episode last season because um, I was the only director that that came in of that that you know that season four, um, and was a new director. Like every other director had done an episode before, so I felt really lucky. Um, you know, if I get asked back, that's great. I mean, I know they liked my episode, and um, but I know there's also a line of completely competent directors that love the show as much as I do, and and. Um, so, you know, if it, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, you know, it, that's what you find out in this business. You can't ever take that stuff personally. They either mm-hmm. hire you or they don't, and usually it's uh, 99% of the time it's nothing personal. It's just scheduling. Because, yeah, that's that's the heartbreaking thing is when you, you get a call from a show you really want to do and it overlaps another show that you're already booked on by a day or two. That's painful because you have to turn it down. I mean, there's no what you can't tell the other show, well, I have to leave early, and you can't tell the other show, can I come in late? Um, so, so you know, it all breaks down to scheduling, and you know, it's nice because, like I said, you know, Supernatural has made some call or made a call to my reps, and and uh, they so they want to start slotting me in some dates now, and we're still kind of negotiating back and forth which dates and you know where and when and all that. So, but to know that mm-hmm. I'm come back is is really exciting, and t- and timed out great with this podcast because I was able to to announce that I guess world exclusive. Mm-hmm. and also that yeah yeah i last friday exactly a week ago i got an email from uh rogue events in uh in england saying hey you wouldn't by any chance want to come fly over to birmingham england and hang out with these crazy fans so um yeah so by saturday afternoon i had we had worked all out so i'm gonna head over tuesday i guess you kind of almost lose a day and then um yeah, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Birmingham and then back to London. Yeah, I'll land in London and then go back to London Monday and then fly back, back home Tuesday. So I'll be there about a week. 
Well, it's about six days. Oh. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, get to hang out with some of the uh, European English fans. Mm-hmm. Amy How and Sydney. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. Go Amy ahead. And, right. Amy, and, Amy and Sydney wants to know, guy, if. Any of the episode writers are ever on set for shooting? Oh, it's funny you say that. Andrew uh, had emailed me, uh, you know, like two weeks before I went up to shoot and said, hey, you know, now that Daniel and I have turned in the the, the script, we're done here at at, uh, the offices. So would you mind if I came up and hung out with you for a week? So I was like, sure. So Andrew came. He he hung out with me a little bit, and he and he prepped with Bob a little bit. So he got a little taste of you know being on set, and how incredibly boring that can be sometimes. And then he got to scout with Bob and go look at locations. And um, so yeah, so Andrew Dab came up and hung out with us, and uh, we put him in the show a little bit. In fact, that's that shot of Mott, the the kid with the um, the powdered sugar on his lips. If you look in the very background, there's somebody shopping, and then we threw Andrew in there, so he got to be in a, a cameo in his own episode that he wrote. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, very that's cool. Andrew, Andrew Dab. And then, yeah, he hung out with us, and then that whole second week, I also had another um, visitor guest, uh, Susie Hinton, S.E. Hinton, who's the author of The Outsiders and Rumblefish and mm-hmm. Legendary. Oh, yeah. yeah, Susie was great. She's a huge fan, huge fan. And just, I follow her on Twitter, and she kept talking about it and everything. I thought that it was so cool to to. Yeah, she had the best time, and she, you know, she's been a, you know, she's she contacted Eric Kripke years ago, and Eric was like, well, we're fans of yours, so she's been, she's visited a few times, so everyone's comfortable with her, and and she's also a huge Rick Worthy fan from Magnificent Seven, which is a series he did mm-hmm. uh, probably about six or seven years ago or something. So, um. Rick was so excited to meet her, and vice versa. And you know, she hung out with Benito, and so she had the best time. So she, yeah, she for five solid days she hung out with us, and uh, um, I would be bored out of my head, but she had the best time, and so it was cool. <laughs> I I love it so much that she's such a huge Supernatural fan because she's like been one of my idols since I was a kid. You know, oh, reading the yeah, me too. So, me too. No, it's like oh, when cool. I first met her via Twitter. I said, you know, Susie, it's not many people. Ever in the history of the world can say that Francis Ford Coppola bought, adapted, and made two feature films out of books that they wrote. And you can. And to me, that mm-hmm. is unbelievable. That's amazing. That's like, you know. So uh, to become friends with her and hang out with her and get to know her even better was, was really mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really excited. And I, and I said, hey, next season, depending on uh, how it times mm-hmm. out, I know you make a yearly mm-hmm. visit. You know, you know uh, <laughs> if you want, you're totally welcome to hang with me anytime. So that was fun. Yeah, and it cracks me up because she, her, the cast of The Outsiders. I mean, she knew, you know, Tom Cruise and Rob Lowe and Matt Dillon. Like, oh yeah, they were all kids way back when when they were kids, and they're like Tommy, you know, and all that. Yeah, well, that, you know, that's the that's the funny thing is that's how she, her, and I sort of became friends on Twitter. Was that she saw that Tommy and I. Um, were were friendly and because I had just done a Southland with I had one scene with Tommy, um, even though I knew him socially through you know he um, he had done an arc on Criminal Minds and I met him way back then and um, well not way back but you know a few years earlier so I kind of knew him already um, so she saw that I was not only like talking to Tommy on Twitter but that you know there was some supernatural connection and so like you know it was like synchronicity you know one degree of separation but yeah what an amazing cast I mean if you think about they were all like teenagers 
or you know maybe Patrick Swayze when he was in his twenties. But other than that, I mean, they were all like punk kids. What, what a you know what, a, what an amazing cast for that for that movie, and these characters that she created. So so cool that she's such a big supernatural fan. Oh, the, she's mm-hmm. yeah, she is big time. I mean, very excited to be there. It was it was a lot of fun to have her. Uh, let's see. Was there? Let me see if there's any more questions on Twitter. Uh, let's see. Um, Girl O Diamond says you're becoming quite popular at the cons. What do you think draws the fans to you? Oh God, I don't know. That's my friend Lisa. Um, she's trying so hard because she, she calls Dallas HomeCon because she's from Dallas and there's a convention in Dallas that I haven't been invited to. I'd love to go. I have family and friends, and I love Dallas. And um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think it all kind of started out innocently enough because when um, when I went to do Family Matters, a few people, you know, I just I, I was really new to Twitter. So what's that? Maybe a year and a half, maybe coming up on two years now. And I, you know, said something about, you know, I'm excited to come back and do do my show, uh, the show Supernatural that I did years ago, and um, it's a fun group. Well, a couple people, like, figured out, you know, that, oh, you had done Asylum, a few fans, and then that kind of snowballed from there, and um, people would ask me questions, and I'd write them back. I mean, I, you know, I just thought I was just being friendly or just being, you know, polite. Well, I guess nobody had, up until then had ever really, from the writer, director, producer side had had really had much contact with the fans and um so I, I don't I, I really don't know. I mean other than that and, and you know also, you know, going to these conventions it's like old home week for me because I go back way back with Richard Spate and and um you know, a lot of the actors I knew from I've known from other things before Supernatural. And, you know, the Burbank convention was a was a hoot because we got you know, we got Michael Cudlitz from Southland to come up on stage. We got yeah. Tim Amundsen from Psych, who, you know, Richard and I know from Jericho, and he knows Michael from Band of Brothers, and I just directed Michael on Southland like two weeks before that. So it's just it's a lot of synchronicity. Um, and so I don't know. Maybe, it, it, you know, people recognize a genuine, um, fan, uh, you know, love for the for the, the fans, and, I, you know, I, I love what I do, and I love being a filmmaker, and, and it's it's... A lot of times you you sort of toil in obscurity and you you hope you're doing a good job. So it's nice to actually have people come up and go, hey, I really like this little thing you did here. And and um, you know, I, I that's the only explanation I have for Lisa. And hopefully I'll go. I'll see her in Dallas. I, you never know. I'm invited to the New Jersey con at the beginning of August, but generally I'm always booked at the beginning of August. So I don't know if I'm going to make that or not. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It's a little early, but I'll, I'll know something in the next two, three weeks. Yeah. Um, hey, did you see that last tweet? That's what I was going to really say. Essie Hinton just tweeted to us that she's listening to the show. Oh, I love and, her and she said to give Guy a hug and a thanks for the kind words. Ah, she's the best. Oh, man. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, like I said, man, she's she's the ultimate fan, and uh, and it's so great because, you know, we're all fans of hers, right? So. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, there's yeah. a great yeah. there's a great story about when you know when she first wrote to Eric Kripke and I guess I, I'm assuming that they either printed out the letter or something but he walked around the office for days going is is this is somebody BSing me is somebody pulling one over on me is <laughs> pulling my leg is, is this really because you know if you're a writer whether it's you know TV movies whatever novels 
you know who Susie is. And so mm-hmm. finally he said, okay, I'm going to, all right, somebody, I'm I, at, the, at the risk of looking like an idiot, I'm going to respond. And, of course, you know, the rest is history. So that's great. That's, that's a lot of fun. That's, you know, it's that, again, that's that, the, 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 the things you, you know, like when you talk about, you know, my vocation and the, ch- the choice I made as to what I want to do for a living, it's little things like that when you see that, that those kind of things happen that you go, you know, I, I made the right choice. I'm, I'm glad I chose the career path I did because these kind of things are really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, was, I was so excited to find out she was a fan of Supernatural like I was because I, I wore my copy of The Outsiders out. I read it so much. I first yeah. got it when I was like 12 years old. And, yeah, and, yeah. To find, and I thought it was so cool. She was just a little bit older than me at the time who'd written the book and it was it was also impressive. Yeah. I read them all and just grow up and find out she's a supernatural fan. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it couldn't be cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I could still remember the day I found out that the Outsiders was gonna be the movie was gonna be playing in my town. So I was yeah. like, Oh, uh-huh. that's my favorite book and now I finally get to see the movie. It was so exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well you know, from the guy who made The Godfather and Apocalypse Now, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, you got to go see mm-hmm. it, right? You know, then with that cast. So, yeah, I think we all have great memories of reading the book and seeing the movie. Yep. And Texas and Rumblefish. And that was then, this is now. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> well, um, SPN CSW wants to know, is there any chance, do you think, that um, Tony Todd would ever get to be on Supernatural? You know, I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, I, this may be somebody asked me about this earlier because I I directed Tony in an episode of Criminal Minds, God, five six years ago, like season one, and he was great. I mean, you know, he fit the bill for what we needed. And I, you know, of course, I knew who Tony was, and and um, he's another one of those guys that just transforms into a character, and it's just mesmerizing um, how how good you know when you're when you're in the hands of a real actor that that can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, I love Tony to death, and you know he's sort of got you know a la Linda Blair from Exorcist coming and being a guest. I mean, you know the Candyman series is you know a lot of people love that series, and so yeah, and Tony's solid. I mean, he can pretty much do anything. So um, that's a great great suggestion. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I'll do everything I can to to uh, to push that issue for sure. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. Tony. <laughs> I I love seeing Nick Lee and Jason Doring on this past year. Just like just oh, how cool! Those dreams come true. Well, oh. that was the best. You know, I was doing an episode of Ringer, and I've known Jason for years. Like I've known him since he was a teenager. Um, on this movie Deep Impact, I did, and then of course years later, I directed him on Veronica Mars. And I hadn't seen him for a long time, and then I knew I was going to do Ringer. And one of the days we shot, he he came up and he goes, "Hey, you know, I just got a call to uh, to go to Supernatural. I'm really excited. I know you've done some of the episodes." And I said, "Oh man, you're going to have the best time." And he told me about the character. And um, at the time, I didn't know you know anything other than he was playing Time Kronos or whatever, and um, I didn't know anything about Nick. Um, but uh, yeah, it was funny. We were we were sitting one day on set, and uh, and Nicole Snyder. Um, you know, her and her partner wrote for the show for season six, um, Eric, Eric Carmelo and Nicole Snyder. They created Ringer. So I'm sitting on the, on the set with Nicole, and she looks down at her phone, and she goes, I just got a text from my assistant saying that Bob Singer and Sarah Gamble want to talk to me right now. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? She goes, I don't know. She goes, I don't, 
I don't work with them anymore, but I'm scared. And I go, well, <laughs> go outside and return the call. And so she comes in like 10 minutes later. She goes, she goes, oh, this is so cool. She goes, Jason's, you know, working on our show Ringer, but they want to hire him. But I, we have to give permission to let them have him for the dates that they need him. And I said, well, is it going to work out? She goes, yeah, it's going to work out fine. So that was really cool that, that like, sort of that, you know, they needed Jason and, and, uh, it was nice for you know the because he's in first position for Ringer, right? He can't just work on something else without everybody you know being in agreement. So that was that was kind of funny. But yeah, uh, Jason was really excited to come work on the show. And then you know I've been a fan a fan of Nick's for a long time, and uh, I've tried to get him on the show, and so it was good for him to do that part because that's a real memorable part, the Elliot Ness part, and um, I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in fact, here, here's another funny synchronicity. The girl in um, that plays uh, Dick Roman's assistant, Susan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, that's Nick's girlfriend in real life. Because, oh wow! Yeah, and and, and she worked. She worked the last day, and she goes, "Oh, my my boyfriend said to say hello to you." And I go, "Well, who's that?" She goes, "Nick Lee." And I go, "What a small world!" So, there you go. Another another supernatural synchronicity. One degree of separation story. Yeah. Uh, real, quick, real quick, I wanted to ask you: Have you heard about um, Netflix possibly picking up Jericho? Uh, you know, it's just it's just been you know floating around the internet a little bit. My friend Bob Stevenson, um, who played um, Jimmy the cop, him and Richard were the cop, the two cop partners. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I follow Bob on Twitter, and he's uh, you know he's been retweeting stuff about that. I mean, who knows? I mean, anything's possible. <clears throat> it's funny tonight at. Um, was the premiere of a new show on USA called Common Law, and the um, producers are uh, the same three guys: John Turtletop and uh, Kareem and Dan, who I did not only Jericho with but Harper's Island. So, so they got a new show on the air. Hopefully, that'll do well for them. But yeah, I mean, I think it was such a special kind of show that I think if if it did, you know, if, if there was, if was announced that Netflix had a budget to do, you know whatever, six episodes or whatever, I think we'd all come out of the woodwork to, to get back together. Um, yeah, it'd be fun. I, you know, who knows? That's the great thing about a lot of these, you know, smaller, newer networks is that they're they're clamoring for original content. And on something like that, you know, all the development and the, um, you know, the pilot and all that is done, so you can almost pick up right where you left off in a way. And, um, you know, you might have to recast a few people here and there because of other commitments that they have, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, why not? I, I think it's. I think it'd be great. It was a little. The show was a little ahead of its time, anyway. So maybe, maybe now's the right time for it. I really hope it works out. I missed that show. That yeah, was me really too. Show. Me too. I think it'd be great to see everybody again. <laughs> well, I know it's almost time that you need to go because there's a show coming on in a few minutes that you yeah, want to watch. Like, like twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited. <laughs> And I guess I have to I have to do some kind of live tweeting. Enough people have bugged me about doing it, so I do I do I do quick ones though because I don't want to miss anything, even though I'm going to record it and I could watch it again. But um, mm-hmm. but I guess I I guess I will live tweet here, not uh, the West Coast feed of the show. <laughs> well, well, we appreciate you being on the podcast, and everybody appreciates you live tweeting. It's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try here from you. <laughs> We always love it when you're on our show. Thank you. Yeah, well, so it's much great. You know, on. look, I mean, you guys are the best, and the fact that you, you know, you care so much about the show. I mean, that, that's why the show is on the eighth season. It's, it's everybody's listening. Everybody that follows, 
any and all of the the fan sites and, and the bloggers and everything. It's really an interesting community of people, and it's a really unique show that way. And so um, to be just a little part of it, the, the way I am, is uh, is is quite an honor. And hopefully, we'll keep it going, and um, you know, see everybody at uh, the upcoming conventions. Hopefully, because that's that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems that the the powers that be at the CW now are actually really proud and supportive for Supernatural. It was a little bit tough for a while sometimes, yeah. but they uh, seem to be. No, the CW, the, the fact that the show does as well as it does on a Friday, um, the CW is very aware of that. Evidently, they do pay attention to um, downloads of the show on iTunes. They you know they watch that. They're very cognizant of you know the fact that this show because it comes on on Fridays that a lot of people aren't home but they record it and watch it later, so they're aware of those numbers. And also, uh, I think Warner Brothers just just loves the show. I mean, um, I was talking to the uh, the network exec that covers the show as as the you know for Warner Brothers and their fans. In fact, there's a shout out tonight um, in the in the episode um, that Dick Roman says to Kevin about. Um, all the the accolades and all the the awards and things that you know he wants to get into Princeton and he mentions uh the exec's name. Um so anyway, he's a big fan. And uh oh. Yeah, so it's good. I mean, when you know, when you get the support of the people that, you know, are basically in charge of whether or not the show goes on and and, and carries on. And it it's ugly out there. I mean, you know, we, I don't know if you guys all saw it today, but Ringer and Secret Circle both got canceled. So yeah. One and done. I mean, you know, you hope the best, you know, and I I got tons of friends mm-hmm. that are, you know, cast and crew on those shows and so it's uh it's it's not easy. It's not easy to get past season 1 and here we are starting season mm-hmm. 8 and and uh I don't think any of the enthusiasm has waned on on the fans and I and the yep. the cast and crew is just are just as excited as ever and um they're, you know, everybody's dying to get back together and see each other in July. I mean, you know, within reason. Everybody wants to take a little break, but mm-hmm. you get back in July, and, and uh, you know, we're all shot from a cannon again. <laughs> so, it's awesome. I'm glad you're be coming back to direct more, guys. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, because I, I told them as, as many of you guys want to throw at me, but you know, there's other people. Again, it's you know, there's there's mm-hmm. uh, there's tons of competent directors that are standing in line to do it so um mm-hmm. you know if they have uh, depending on how many they, well however many they want to give me i'll do and and uh we'll just leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right guys well enjoy the show again if you're, gonna, you. or if you're if you're on the west coast or if you're going to watch it again in the future and uh Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for uh, listening to me yak. And uh, if there's any, if there's anything I didn't answer tonight, you know, and you can find me on Twitter. I'll, I'll try it. And if I don't answer back, it's only because I have a, either a seven-year-old daughter that is, wants me to do something with her. Or, but it's nothing personal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, Guy. And have a safe flight to um, England next week. Yeah, I'm looking yep. forward to yep. it. Yeah, it's gonna be Have fun. I'm gonna hang out with uh, I'll hang out with Jim Michaels and Jim Beaver and uh, I think Matt Cohen and uh, God, I can't remember. Uh, uh, James Patrick Stewart's gonna be there. Kim Rhodes. So it's you know it's mm. it's all all my favorite people. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, very give cool. Them, give, give them all a big hi to us for us. I, w- I will absolutely. Well, you know they're, mm-hmm. they're they're fans of you guys because uh, if it, if it weren't for for the 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 loyalty of you guys, um, we'd all be probably not working on. Uh, on, on Supernatural, and that would be a bummer. 
Mm-hmm. Tell them to, tell them well, we've had we've had got, we've had Jim Beaver and Jim Michaels on our podcast, but tell and Kim Rhodes and yep. tell the rest of them they're welcome on our podcast anytime. Yeah, well they <laughs> yep. know they're they 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 uh, they they're, everyone's very aware of, of what you guys have here and um and also you you were able to get um uh got her name escapes me now but she was uh, the girl with the dragon Dungeons and Dragons tattoo. Felicia Day. Yeah, yeah, she did great. That was Johnny MacArthur's, uh, or Johnny, yeah, Johnny McCarthy's um, episode, and you know, John, he's one of the ads, and so he he did that. That was episode twenty, and then I did twenty two. So he was like, so on a, such a high, because he had just come off of he flew down to L.A. for a day to edit. So he was um he was just shot from a cannon. And had, they just couldn't say enough great things about Felicia. He just had the best time with her. He's like, man, oh man, mm-hmm. was she a talented actor mm-hmm. at that time. So um, there you go. All right, well, let me jump yeah. off here and uh, okay. crack open a beer and uh, crank up the surround sound and, and let her rip. Okay. Enjoy the show. All right, guys. Yep. Thanks for everything. Yep. Thanks, Thank guys. You guys. Okay, see ya. Bye. Yep, bye. Oh, my goodness. Well, another great fun podcast with Guy B. Always a pleasure. Yes, it was. And I love having Guy on the show. He's always great. And thank you, Jim Michaels, for calling in. That was awesome. <laughs> he must have set his clock or something to call us because he said it was like 5 a.m. there. So I know. That's above and beyond the call of duty there, Jim. Thank you so much. I'm I'm, I'm sorry we didn't let him on, but that's, it's just a strange phone number, and it's, you just never know who you're going to get when it's something like that. So um, definitely tweet us. Like, say, let me on. It's me. Well, he had sent us a direct message, but I didn't see it. So when he actually tweeted to us, then I saw it, so... I felt bad. <laughs> He's like, oh, I did too. <laughs> oh dear, but uh, hopefully uh, next. Well, you never know. We have. He's uh, probably going to be at the convention next week, so we might get another transatlantic call <laughs> talking about the <laughs> that finale. Would, <laughs> that would be great. Yep. Very cool. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Um, um, I may not be able to make it to the podcast next weekend because my son's graduating high school Saturday. And so I'm, I'm going to have a lot of family and my parents are coming in and everything. I'm going to I'm going to try to make it to the podcast. But if not, it may just be you and Vinny, but I will try my best. And we're also we're going to try and have um, a guest next week um, for the finale, Danielle, um, Danielle TBD on Twitter, um, journalist for The Examiner. She's going to be joining us next week as well. Mhm. Um, we've never really talked about this, but we've done this before. But since it's the finale and there's no episodes for a while, to actually postpone our podcast a little bit for the finale to make sure we can have everybody. So I would mm-hmm. hate for you not to be on it. So if if we can postpone it a little bit so you can be there and everybody that I think that would that would be great. Yeah, I but, may be able to. I may be able to make it because I, you know, I'm not sure what time my parents are going to be leaving. So I may, I may be able to make it. So I'll just have to wait and, you know, find out for sure how long my parents are going to be here. Okay. I know real life. You know, it's like really you can't be on the podcast. It's just your son <laughs> graduating from high school. <laughs> no milestone there. <laughs> you know? No, no. 
No big deal. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, in, in all seriousness, congratulations to your son. Um, that's oh. good for him. That's amazing. And I will say happy month. Right. And happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you and all our mothers out there and grandmothers and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, family. It's, you know, family don't end with blood. So, you know, whatever, uh, someone who's a mother figure or if you're a mom to a kitty or a puppy, it's still very important to uh, family. is very important. So happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. <laughs> All right, well, I think this is a great podcast, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to go. Okay, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, again, you can uh, subscribe and download us through iTunes. Find us on our website, winchesterbros.com. Click on the Winchester Radio icon. It will take you to blogtalkradio.com slash boulevard, where you can also listen uh, live if you've got the chance and also check out our Facebook and Twitter, uh, Winchester Bros all the time for up to the minute uh, news <laughs> all about Supernatural and everybody to do with Supernatural and if you're off to a convention this week in Birmingham, have a great time. And to those of us who listen to us through the Mix Radio, thank you very much for tuning in. Yes. Yeah, they're awesome. They play Supernatural uh, Music <laughs> on on but, Mondays. Uh, every Monday. Yep, every Monday. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, all right, that's it. Well, thanks, Beck. Great job. Thank you, Clarity. Thank you. And we missed we missed Vinny tonight. I'm sorry you missed it, Ben. Hope you enjoy the app, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. All right, great. Thank you. Goodbye.